never part, we'd never part. So hello, Mary Lou. Goodbye, heart. Goodbye, heart. Hello, Mary Lou. I'm in love with you. Yes. Hello, Mary Lou. Goodbye, heart. Right from the start, I said hello, Mary Lou. Goodbye, heart. That's what wow. I'm talking about. What a way to come back from commercial. Oh, that is that awesome. Was, uh, barbershop Quartet singing us back from break. Thank under you so much, guys. Under construction. Quartet. Check Correct. them out. That was fantastic. Thank you, guys. Awesome. That was phenomenal. Oh. Uh, yeah, Great way here. to rejoin the show. I know. There. I was just going to say. Honestly. Uh, so we're <laughs> once again back here at the 11th Annual Macy's Shop for a Cause. This is a fantastic event. We are now joined by Wendy McGuigan, uh, the HR manager here at Macy's. Hi, Wendy. You were telling us in the break you're a Phillies fan. I'm a big Phillies fan. Born and raised in Philadelphia. I'm so sorry. This season's not... You guys. <laughs> it really hasn't, but we'll have to remember back at the glory days. Yeah. Are you a fan of any other team in Philly uh, besides the uh, Phillies? Philadelphia Eagles. You like the Eagles? I like right. the Eagles. Okay, I, I like apologize once again. Across the board, no one can be a 76ers fan at this point okay. right now. Oh, yeah, there you go. Ben, so ben we'll Simmons. agree with that. That's, ben Simmons that's the right answer, though. But I did go to Penn State. Awesome. Okay. So, you know, yeah. football at Penn State and growing up that way was just amazing. Absolutely. Awesome. awesome. So uh, you uh, wanted to tell us about some job offers that you Yep. Uh, first of all, though, I just want to tell you how happy we are to have ESPN New Hampshire here with us at our Shop for a Cause event. Well, thank you. I have been a big fan since we moved here from Philadelphia just a couple years ago, and I listen to you all the time. So you oh, guys were just thank amazing. You so much. Awesome. Um, yep. The, this event here today means so much to us at Macy's. This is our opportunity to give back to such a great charity, the March of Dimes, um, that helps families in need. So come on down. It's $5 to purchase the pass. You get $25 off with very limited exclusions on all your merchandise today. And it's all for a good cause. Mm -hmm. um, so there's that. And then getting back to jobs. Yes, sports fans, we have jobs for you here at Macy's. Full-time and part-time. Uh, support and sales. Go to Macy's Job, M-A-C-Y-S, jobs.com and apply. And we'd love to have you. Awesome. awesome. Well, thank Wendy, you so thank much, you so for, much for stopping us. by. Thank you so much for having and me. And good luck to your Phillies. Thank you. We need all <laughs> the luck we can get. <laughs> Wendy McGuigan joining us here on the thank Sports you, Blast, Wendy. the HR manager here at Macy's. Just uh, once again, just a fantastic event. you got to come down here. It's, oh, it's going to be going on through tomorrow. I believe the guys from Sunday Sit Down yeah, will be here tomorrow to do the event and, and hey. Macy's here as well. Uh, it's the Monarch, correct? Yes. Okay. The, the Monarch from the Monarchs is here. We, you can come right down. It's, and, on, Max. Uh, it's uh, Max the Monarch. Yep. Also, uh, just want to do one more shout-out for Under Construction Quartet, bringing Phenomenal. us back on. Uh, they're down here at Macy's. I, I mean, we already told you how many activities are down here. Uh, you can feel great about shopping as well, but there's so much to do down here. And again, it, you come down, spend some money, you can get something for yourself. You can get some tickets to uh, Loon Mountain. Uh, that's the summer pass. You can get tickets to Canopy Lake. There's whale's tail tickets going on here as we take a little snapshot photo with Wendy. Cheese. <laughs> and we're back. And so you can you can spend a little money down here on yourself. You can have some great things, but also it's for a great cause, so you can feel good about shopping at Wendy at uh, at Macy's today. Yeah, uh, a little Freudian slip there with Wendy. Uh, <laughs> I, I do like Wendy's, but uh, uh, Ashish, Macy's is becoming like a festival today. It's more than just you know coming in and you know shopping. This is what we do. Yep. It's more for a cause, of course. But there's other things to do here as well. Max Monarch is here. And, and again, Under Construction Quartet, just thank you so much for bringing us back. That's uh, for the, for the top of the hour there. <laughs> uh, they're, they're a barbershop quartet that's based out of North Andover. Uh, they also work with Vocal Revolution. So you can go to vocalrevolution.org. You can check out a little bit more of their stuff. Sure. Uh, and I guess back to sports. Yeah, so we left off talking about the Red Sox and kind of Clay Buckles heading back to the bullpen. And I said this on Christian and King yesterday uh -huh. that I don't know how you just kind of bump a guy that's been so good for you in the absence of Stephen Wright and put him back in the pen. It's almost like because we hey, know. thanks for filling in 2.7 ERA over your last three starts because we know. sub two if you include your relief appearances and now you're back in the pen. Sean McAdam actually wrote something very interesting that what if you see Clay Buckholes as sort of another option as your setup guy next to Brad Ziegler? Would you mm. be comfortable with that? No, no. No you don't way. trust him whatsoever. I don't trust now. him in any pressure situation. I told you, the reason that he's pitching well now is because there is no expectation. <laughs> there is no pressure on him. The second you put him in a pressure situation, he will melt down like he always has. I'm not being fooled by Clay Buckles anymore. I'm sorry. We've seen too many ups and downs over the years. We've said a million times at a million trade deadlines, get rid of him while he's hot because he's going to go cold. It happens 
all the time. I'm hit- done being fooled by him. He's if you put him in a pressure situation and and it's an important pressure situation and it doesn't work out, shame on Farrell, shame on the Red Sox, and shame on all of us for thinking it might have worked out in the first place. Dave, he hits the peak, then he goes down to the valley. And this is what this guy's all about throughout mm-hmm. his career. Consistency has been a major factor within the season sometimes with him. But yeah. then when he gets injured or he has a bad start, mentally soft. It gets into his head. And my whole point of him adding to the bullpen, it doesn't help this freaking bullpen. This bullpen's not that good in general. And to add uh, an average arm in Clay Buckles, no. a guy who came and show up sometimes in a starting role, you have faith in him being your setup guy? Not a Are setup guy. I, I, I'll take no him way. as a bridge guy when, when it gets down to not cutting time. All right, you can, ha- you can have him be yeah. a, a, a guy that if the game's – no longer in question. If one of your starters goes out there and gives up seven runs in two innings, go ahead. Put Clay Buckles in because it's a non-pressure situation. Maybe he'll be able to actually minimize the damage in yeah. that kind of scenario. But if you're telling me you want him out there in the eighth inning or seventh inning in a 3-2 game where the Red Sox are winning, good luck. Hell no. I'm, I'm not doing that. Yeah, I have no faith in him for that. I'd much rather put out Barnes uh, in the seventh uh, or Robbie Ross in the seventh inning and then go to Ziegler and Kimbrell and see how that goes. I think every year around the time that Clay Buckles goes on these little runs, I get lulled into this false sense of security with him on the mound. Yeah. And this year it's just he's pitching from the stretch now. Mm-hmm. He's abandoned the windup. And, hey, God bless him. It's worked for him. Right. And – I don't know if it's just me kind of buying into it too much, but it's just one of those things where he's pitched well for you. Why yeah. do you want to tinker with it now? Yeah, it, it's, it's a relationship with Clay Buckles and the fans, okay? Think of any relationship you've ever been in that's just been like, okay, well, I think this might work again when it's never worked. Never you know? worked. And at some point, right. it's just going to be like, okay, this is done. And when it has worked, <laughs> like, he's ended up on the DL. Yep. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, it's, it's that thing with Buckles. You know, you, you, you get upset, you leave him. Then he comes back, and you're like, I want to believe in you. Yeah. I really do. I want to believe in this, it's what so we have hard. going on here. The Clay. lover that just won't go away. <laughs> and, then it, and then he disappoints you again. This and it's so just true. like, we need to break up, okay? Me, me and you, Clay, not working out anymore. But then again, you know, he comes back. He shows you, oh, you know, there's some good qualities to Clay. But then after a couple months, you realize, oh, yeah, you're the same person. You're the same guy. We need to break this off again. We can't keep doing this dance. We've done it for 10 years with Clay Buckles. Exactly. We cannot keep having this relationship as fans with Buckles. It, it's just, it's done. It's over. Cut him off. So forget, uh, forget any thought that, hey, this could work out. No. Because it can't. It, it can't. It can't. Get, get that thought out of your head. It will never happen. It was fun while it lasted. Yes. But it's over now. Stephen Wright is back in the rotation. So they need to figure out what what they're going to do with Clay Buckles. And well, they already know they're putting him in the pen. Well, there's but, a newer, better... But there's better. a reason why. <laughs> there's an alternative for this guy. I would not put him in the pen. I would not let him start. You know what he is? He's a, a, a substitute, a professional substitute. Yeah. So what, are you just going to put him on the DL? Oh, come in for uh, spot starts, yeah. Have him go uh, hug his baby and, and you know, pull his shoulder again <laughs> or fall in the hot tub. Honestly, do just, something. just stick him in the bullpen for the playoffs and never pitch him. Unless there's a, a mop-up game. Uh, that's his role. And save the other arms. That's his role. Yes. If, if you get into the playoffs and there's a game where David Price goes out there and by the fifth inning, you know, it's 8-0, it's the opponent. Then put Buck holes Buck, in. you're up. <laughs> that's it. Like, it's, it's a mop-up role or nothing for me. He cannot be in games that matter. He's your he cannot gander. be in pressure situations. Yep. I don't trust him in any type of situation where... You need a victory, okay? It's great that he's pitched well over the past three weeks, but again, the expectations for Clay Buckholes got to such a low point that he started having confidence in, in sure. himself again because no Clay, one expected anything Clay Buckholes is the custodian for the Red Sox. He mops up whatever garbage is left. <laughs> exactly. I just kind of wanted, yeah. wanted to see where it went, though, because we've seen, Dave, and, and you will admit this, that he's gone on runs for months at right. a time sure. where he's been one of the best pitchers in the American League, mm-hmm. maybe all of baseball. We've right. seen it at times. And, and 2010, we, we know, 2013. We know the fall is coming. We know it is. <laughs> but ride it out as long as you can. No, yeah, but what no. if you ride it out right up to the wrong We've moment? We've seen that happen. You know what I mean? Like, what if he's great right up till the postseason, and then you decide, okay, you know what? He's been great. Then you stick him in a real pressure situation in the postseason, and he falls apart because that's what Clay Buckholz does, and we should not be tricked okay, by this. Okay, then can I ask you a question then? You don't trust Stephen Wright. 
But you would rather keep him in the rotation right now rather than Clay Buffalo. Absolutely. Even though yeah. you're not, not a huge fan I'm, of having him start any playoff games. It's not Stephen Wright I have a problem with. It's the knuckleball in general. It can go wrong. I wouldn't pitch Stephen Wright in a play-in game. I wouldn't pitch him in an elimination game either. Unless you absolutely had to. I trust Stephen Wright can go out there in the playoffs and pitch number adequately. Three, number three starter. Right. I, I'm not game trusting him with the season on the line or anything right. like that because it's a knuckleball. It can go terribly wrong for you. It, but at the same time, yeah, I trust him in like game three of, of the ALDS or ALCS. Absolutely. Put, put Stephen Wright out there. I trust him way more than Buckles. And just to elaborate on Dave's point in regards to Buckles, we, we've seen this guy at his highest. And his highest is amazing. We know I his mean, talent level. He's, he, he's got talent, but he's not mentally there. And when he hits his low, as I said, he has his peak, he has his valley. He stays in the valley too long. He can't get up that mountain. That mountain's way, way too high for him to climb. Well, yeah, just look at it. Look at this year. This was probably the worst valley that Clay Buckles has yes. ever hit in his career. He got demoted to the bullpen three different times this year. <laughs> we've, we've never seen that happen to Buckles, okay? As, as up and down as he's been. He's been in the starting rotation. So this is a new low for him this year. And he's getting older. This isn't the young guy that we used to be able to say, okay, well, he's, he's hit his stride and then he's kind of had his bad, his bad days. You know, but let's, let's wait it out because we know the talent level. We know the stuff that he has. That, those days are gone. He's, he's 30. He's, he's a 30-year-old pitcher now. And what, you want, you want to see if maybe he's got something left in the tank? We know what Clay Buckles is all about You don't about want to experiment point. that. We've witnessed his brutalness down, down the stretch right? and, in and, games. And at this point, the stuff, that's what I'm sort of getting at. The talent he has, the stuff that he has, it's becoming irrelevant as he ages. Yep. You know, so, fine, great. He's gone on a nice run here these past three weeks. He's going to fall off a cliff at some point. And, and you, know what, you know what the problem is? And I always allude back to this. It, it's the fact that John Farrell has too much loyalty when it comes to Clay Buckholz. Time to cut the leash. It really is. You know, I thought Dombrowski would have traded him at the deadline. Yeah, but for what? He wasn't though? pitching well. For, for what? It doesn't matter. Like at this the point. Marlins didn't want to give up too much. It makes me want to like ask, what were the Red Sox asking for from the Marlins? It doesn't like, matter. Like they really didn't want to give up that bag of balls apparently. Well, well yeah. It, it doesn't matter what they get in return. Just get rid of this guy. I, I just don't feel like he really fits in. Well, regardless of spot starting, that's never going to happen unless somebody gets injured, right? Well, yeah. And, and Stephen Wright got injured, right? Sure. So he helped out in that standpoint. But come the playoffs, you want this guy, you know, in, in a 6-1 to one game when you're up five runs. You want him to come into the game. You don't want him to be in the I game. I don't even know if I trust him there. You don't want – yeah. The five-run lead. I, I, I don't trust him with a lead. A lead at all. I, if you want to throw yeah. him in there when they're down five, six runs, go nuts. I don't care. Don't bring him in with a lead. Any, anything he can ruin, he'll probably ruin it. I don't, I don't want to even trust him with a 5-6 run yeah, lead. Didn't John Phil have that quote a month ago or so where he was like, if we're down 8-3, that's usually a situation where sure. well, oh, he'll yeah. call for Clay Buckles? Right. Yeah. But he, he also said, like, you know, with a lead, I think it was 13-2, and, and, uh, and the Red Sox were winning a game 13-2. This was actually when he said, you know, if we're down – Eight to three or something like that. Then I'll put Buckles in, which was yeah. a shot at Buckles because he's saying even with a thirteen to two lead, we don't trust this guy. We don't want him to implode out there. And if the Red Sox are smart about his value, if they really want something in return for this guy, which I think they do, it's probably why they didn't get rid of him at the deadline. Because yeah, there's going to be a run like this for Clay Buckles where he's pitching well, and it's happening right now. So the smart thing to do for the Red Sox would be to ride it out during the regular season when it doesn't matter and maybe trick some team in the offseason into thinking, this guy can at least perform at this level with moderate consistency. If he's on, he's going to be on. Don't pitch him in the postseason where he can ruin whatever value he's gotten to at this point in the regular season. Don't do that. And (laughs) Dave, maybe my point where John Farrell was being loyal was last year or the year before. Now I think he's just kind of like taken back with this guy and saying, you know what, he is what he is at this point. He's not in our rotation for a reason. I'm not going to put him in the rotation because he hasn't earned it throughout the past three seasons. Anyone who's seen him pitch can come to that conclusion. Yes. He's not trustworthy. You don't know when. that's That's the tricky thing about Buckholes. Yes, he can go on these nice streaks, but you don't know when. He's going to hit that 
brick wall. So why don't they try to trade him now using a waiver trade? Because, look, August waiver trades are not very publicized. We don't know if he's been claimed or if he was put on waivers. I'm sure we would have heard if he got claimed. But if they put him on waivers right now Damage and he gets control. claimed by a team, just trade him. He's collateral. Or if, or, if he gets, or if he gets cleared, if he clears waivers, then he becomes tradable to any team at any time before August 31st. Sure. Yes, I, don't, I don't think you need to necessarily worry about getting rid of Clay Buckholz yeah. before the waiver deadline. Okay? I don't, I don't think that's necessary. I think you need to look more at Maybe Buckholes can perform like this in the regular season the rest of the way through, and then you trade him in the off season. Don't do the whole. We have to pick up his option for. Don't yeah. do the whole deadline. Thirteen thing. million dollar option. Okay, and you know that's that's affordable for most teams for, for a starting him. pitcher. Uh, if you get rid of him at the waiver deadline, I'm not going to cry about it. Fine, whatever. I've, and that's I've like been three saying, days from today. I'm so. saying at the deadline, uh, at the deadline every single year, you got to get rid of this guy while yeah. his value is high. Right now, it's. It's okay. It's at like a medium level. It's not as high as it's ever been in Buckholz's career. That's why they've made several mistakes with Clay Buckholz at previous trade deadlines. They should have gotten rid of him when the, when the iron was still hot. But one more point about Clay Buckholz is Chicago Cubs might pick him up at the waiver trade deadline. So oh, they don't need another arm because that bullpen's already strong. But a change of scenery might help Clay Buckholz. So but if that happens, the waiver trade that. deadline is, what, August 31st? Yeah. So they've got like three or four days if they're going to move him. Right. I don't see it happening. No, me neither. So either. it'll probably happen in the offseason after they pick up his option. Mm -hmm. Sure. It'll be interesting to watch. All right, once again, we're coming at you live from the mall at Rockingham Park here in Salem, New Hampshire. We are here for the 11th annual Macy's Shop for a Cause. Place is buzzing right now. Come on down. Have a good time. We'll be right back here on the Sports Blast ESPN New Hampshire. 1250 ESPN New Hampshire, celebrating 10 years as Manchester's sports station. You're listening to Southern New Hampshire's home for the Boston Red Sox. This is ESPN New Hampshire. The pitch. Swing and a miss. No hitter. Swung on a line drive down the right field line. It is hooking. It is a fair ball. We've got it all here. Southern New Hampshire's home for the Boston Red Sox. The windup, the 2-2. Swing. There's a drive to right field deep. Way back it goes. Number 500, David Ortiz. On ESPN New Hampshire. As a small business owner, do you spend too much time working in your business and not enough time working on your business? At Lifeline Financial Services, they know bookkeeping is one of the most tedious and time-consuming activities of running your business. Call or email us today to see how Lifeline Financial Services can save you money and give you more time for growing your business. Do what you do best and let Lifeline Financial Services do the rest. Visit LifelineFinancialServices.com. LifelineFinancialServices.com. Outdoor Almanac, brought to you by New Hampshire Fish and Games Wildlife Journal. With firearm season here, it's time to address a couple of misconceptions. First is that if you make it back after a day in the woods of hunting, consider yourself lucky. Truth is, national surveys show more people are injured playing tennis, golf, and bowling than injured while hunting. As a matter of fact, New Hampshire has an enviable record. The second misconception is that during deer season, it's not safe to walk down the road or in the woods behind your house. Not true. Sportsmen and women know what their targets are and what's behind them before they ever raise their firearm or draw the bow. A little common sense from non-hunters will allow them to enjoy the outdoors this time of year, like the hunters do. Just don't wear clothing which is colored brown or white. Wear an article of hunter orange and walk and talk like you ordinarily would. And there's no reason why hunters and non-hunters alike can't share the woods. Outdoor Almanac is brought to you by New Hampshire Fish and Game's Wildlife Journal, the magazine for people with outside interests. Radio and television have been part of your daily life for as long as you can remember, so why not make a career out of it? Visit NHAB.org, the online home of the New Hampshire Association of Broadcasters, to learn more about over-the-air broadcasting. Interested in pursuing a career in radio or television? Whether it be on the air or behind the scenes, many Granite State stations are looking for motivated people just like you. Visit our online job bank at NHAB.org to view current job openings and even post your resume for potential Employers. You can also access a list of upcoming job fairs in New Hampshire as well as NHAB-sponsored events. Students, if you're studying over-the-air broadcasting, apply for the NHAB Student Broadcaster Scholarship and learn about available internships at local stations. It's easy to navigate, full of useful resources, and it's only a click away. NHAB.org, the online source of Granite State Broadcasting. Scores, standings, trades, and breaking news. This is your ESPN New Hampshire update. 
The Patriots were on the road last night for preseason game number three. They topped the Panthers 19-17. We got to see a little bit from all three quarterbacks. Jimmy Garoppolo started the game. He went 9 of 15 for 57 yards. No touchdowns, no interceptions. Tom Brady just 3 of 9 for 76 yards, but did connect with Chris Hogan for a touchdown. Jacoby Brissett went a perfect 9 of 9 passing for 85 yards and a touchdown. Steven Guskowski missed two field goals in the victory, and the defense actually had three picks. Next up for the Pats, they take on the Giants at MetLife State on Thursday before traveling to Arizona to kick off the regular season on September 11th. Stephen Wright made his first start in just over three weeks last night against Kansas City. It did not go great. He gave up two homers and five earned runs in just the first inning. And despite a five-hit night from Mookie Betts, the Sox offense stranded 12 base runners on the way to a 6-3 loss to the Royals, their third straight defeat. With the loss, Wright falls to 13-6 on the year. Sox are now one game back of Toronto for the top spot in the AL East. They are one game up on Baltimore for the top wildcard spot. The team will try and bounce back tonight. It'll be David Price on the mound against Royals lefty Danny Duffy. First, first pitch from Fenway Park is at 7:10. You can hear the call of that game right here on ESPN New Hampshire. I'm David Pollard. Don't go anywhere. The Sports Blast continues live from Macy's inside the Mall at Rockingham Park in Salem right now. Forget the coffee. I am in so much pain right now. Got a massive headache. The Sports Blast has the cure for your Friday night hangover. Hey, bro, you mind putting on some pants? I find it a little weird. I have to ask twice. Three hours of sports talk. That would be terrific. That would be great, huh? Terrific. That was terrific. Only on ESPN New Hampshire. All right, welcome back to the Sports Blast, ESPN New Hampshire, and ESPNNHradio.com, live from the mall at Rockingham Park here in Salem, New Hampshire, at the 11th annual Macy's Shop for a Cause. Great event here. We've got Max, the Monarchs. Uh, Chilling out. A uh, little uh, mascot here, taking pictures with us. Yeah, absolutely. Fun. We had the Barbershop Quartet earlier. That was amazing Which as was well. an amazing surprise. A lot of stuff going on down here. So it's a lot of fun, and of course we've got the giveaways down here. Dave, I think you had a list of the stuff we've yeah, got. Yeah, we've got, Canopy got Lake tickets, tickets. For, uh, for Whale's Tale. We've got Canopy Lake tickets. We've got uh, Loon Mountain. Uh, it's the summer pass, so it's not uh, a skiing pass, but they've got stuff going on at Loon Mountain all year round. Loon so Mountain's that's the summer awesome. pass for Loon. Yep. Um, yeah, th- again, there's like a ton of stuff going on down here. We had uh, Wendy on. Uh, she's HR manager here at Macy's. There are job opportunities here at Macy's, so if you are looking for a job, part-time or full-time, they've got that going on here. She's a Phillies uh, fan, too. And I'm sure that she was a Phillies <laughs> fan. We'll forgive in. her for that because she's a great <laughs> HR manager. So, I, I mean, there's a lot going on down here. Again, yeah. under construction quartet was amazing, bringing us back on. They're down here. Max Monarch is down here. There's a magician that's going to be here later. Basically something for everyone. Wh- whatever you want, it's at Macy's, so just get down here, spend a little money, it all goes to a good cause. And, and the quartet's hanging out in the Ralph uh, Lauren uh, department. So. I'm sure if you ask, they'll sing a song for you. Yeah, they will. Mm-hmm. So, guys, I want to get into something that Brian and I discussed yesterday when we were covering for Christian and King, uh, and I want to get your thoughts on it. So the NFL has formed this committee of five owners called the Chairman's Committee. It sounds very exclusive. It does. Oh, right. and, What's uh, that? Like the, it's, it's like the round table. It sounds like it, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and it basically it includes um, five owners, mm. Uh, three of which include uh, John Mara, mm. Art Rooney II, okay. and Robert Kraft. <gasps> so wow. basically, the, <laughs> wow. the purpose of this I'm committee, shocked, this, the purpose of this committee, is to essentially identify issues that are plaguing the league, okay. and to coordinate uh, how things are done between the other committees. So my question to you guys is. Mm. What is Robert Kraft doing helping Roger Goodell? He's helping he, himself. Tell him to screw. He's a businessman. He need, he's, you know, he may, exactly. Mark's doing the, uh, the finger thing with the Mula. money. Yeah. It's, it's all about business, man. Like, I, and I get that. You know, your team, if you're Robert Kraft, your team got screwed by the league, got, yes. uh, got screwed by this commissioner. You're still trying to make money. You're, you're not going to forego money. He's got money. plenty of money. It, uh, and you know exactly, uh, Ashish, you know, uh, we all know, that it doesn't matter with these guys that make billions of dollars. For some reason, they need more billions of dollars. Right. It's just a, th- it's a mental thing with, uh, with rich people. You need to make more money. More money is always better. That's their mentality, and I'm sure that Robert Kraft is a part of this committee that was just formed to sort of get back in the good graces of the league. Because, uh, and why would, why would you do that? Because you just decided to step out of the good graces of the league 
okay? Despite your years and years of being in the good graces with yeah. the league, the league still screwed you. So if you're Robert Kraft, how neutered must you feel at that moment when you've done everything for this guy and you still got screwed? So it's almost like that, you know, it's he's like sucking, that. He's sucking up to Roger Goodell, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. I hate to say it. He's almost like a, like a dog on a leash. Yes, and I'll tell you why. Because I think he's, he's kind of uh, given back to Roger Goodell to say, hey, I'm sorry my quarterback went through that process, mm-hmm. and I'm sorry that we had to go through that you know, entire deflategate nonsense, right? Yeah. So you know what? Let's do some business. Let's, let's talk business here. <laughs> you know, I want to make money. You want to make money, right? right. So it, it is. I, you, you ever heard that song, Diamonds Are, for, you know, Diamonds Are Forever mm-hmm. by Kanye and Jay-Z? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a businessman. I got to handle my business. Damn. <laughs> that's how it is. That's, that's just, exactly how it that's is. That's how it is. Well, and, and I have I have no question that this isn't some like sneaky way to get back at the league. Oh, I'm going to get close. My my, I, You need to keep your friends close and your enemies closer sort of thing. So I'm going to go and join this committee and screw them from the inside. Yep. You know, <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to be an inside man here and we're going to take down the league That'll by be being a, a part of the story. No, listen <laughs> to me. This is this is the the dog on a leash sort of mentality for Robert Kraft. You yeah. know, if, you have, if you've ever had a dog, okay, a, a, you know that they rely on you for survival. They do. Okay? The second the dog realizes that they rely on you for survival, right, you know, then, then they're your dog. More open. That's yeah. it. Like, then, that's like the, the level between like, you're a human and you're an animal. Goodell is the owner in this case. He's Good, a human. Goodell owns Robert Kraft. Yep. And in order to, to survive, Robert Kraft needs Roger Goodell. He knows this. So, in a weird way, and I hate to say it because we're in New England, and a lot of people won't take it, <laughs> a lot of people won't like it, but Robert Kraft is a, a guy that needs Roger Goodell. It is what it is. Yeah, that, to survive in this league. It's the most unique. He needs to be back in the good graces of Roger Goodell. Wouldn't you agree? It's the most unique relationship we've seen in the NFL, though, where it's like, are they friends? Are they enemies? Like, what's going on here? No, they just they're make al- money together. They're allies. They, they are that they, hate they are. Business acquaintances. That's it. They need each other to make money. Goodell does, in some way, need the Patriots. But, but let's be serious. They just went through that whole rigmarole with the flake gate. And what happened to the league? Did the league suffer at all? No. And how much did the Patriots suffer? A lot. And how much do you think Robert Kraft thinks to himself, well, uh, if I ever go against the league again, it's not going to work I'm out. Loose. It's not going to work out. And, and so now he's on this committee. To probably get back in the good grade. And nobody wants to hear that here. Everyone wants to think, you know, this is some way of uh, Robert Kraft just uh, sticking it to the league. It's not. It's not. It's just a way for him to get back in the good graces of Goodell because despite the fact that the Patriots were the, were the side of the coin that got screwed here, they need to get back in the good but graces what is, of What does getting back in the good graces of Goodell do for the Patriots, though? Because anything that involves the Patriots... You don't that think is, there's bad blood? No, 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 no. Anything that is perceived as scandalous, Dave, that mm-hmm. involves the New England Patriots, right. is going to get blown out of proportion regardless. Right. By so the league. What, so what... That's what he gains. Yeah, but, but, but who... It, okay, so who are Roger Goodell's bosses? 32, no one. He has 32 owners who well, are okay, his bosses. Fine, fine. fine. Okay? That's so, the money. So what my point is, is who cares if he's in the good graces of Roger Goodell? If something scandalous he does. He does. happens with the New England Patriots, right. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Well, it, Ashisa, you're almost making my point. Like, and we might be arguing for the same point here, okay? But on different sides. If, <laughs> so if there's a scandal that happens with the Patriots, wh- what have we said the past year? They'll look for, the league will look for almost any opportunity to flush the Patriots' reputation down the toilet, right? They'll look for any opportunity. It could be a small thing, something as small as releasing a little bit of PSI in a football, and all of a sudden the league's going after them hard. Why? Right. Because they were embarrassed during Spygate. Exactly. Okay, so there's, there's all this... Stuff that the league has has bad blood for the Patriots but who was because pushing of pushing it behind Roger Goodell. It was the thirty-one other owners. Sure, yeah, but that's, sheesh, that's you're fine. But you're forgetting one problem here: the CBA. The CBA. All the power is in Roger Goodell's hands. It okay. doesn't that's say owners. It doesn't say NFL owners because if it was the NFL owners, right? Roger Goodell would have been out by now with all these like scandals going on and you know domestic violence. We talk about it all the time. Well, it's not like he's been a good commissioner. He hasn't been he a good commissioner. He just makes the owners money. He makes money. He's going to keep his job. 32 bosses, they want the money. Absolutely. And, and again, it's one of those things where if you're Robert Kraft 
What's in the best interest of your team? Is it to keep this feud going with the league and Roger Goodell so that the, the next scandal that happens, the league comes down even harder you on your team? Good or do you want to try and, you know, fix what was broken between Goodell and Kraft? If you're Kraft, you want to try, to try <laughs> and mend that relationship. Why? Because you just had the silliest year-and-a-half-long debate about air in footballs. You got fined a million dollars. You lost two draft picks. Your quarterback got suspended for four games for the smallest equipment violation that should have resulted in a fine. We know this. So if you're Robert Kraft, you're thinking to yourself, well, the, the next thing that goes down, we're, we're going to get screwed again. So how do you stop that? Maybe it's joining this committee so that Roger Goodell's a little bit appeased with what Robert Kraft is doing. They get together. You know, maybe there's a chance to fix what's broken there. And if, that, if you can even slightly fix what's broken, the next scandal that comes up, maybe the league's not as hard on you as they've been in the past. That's all that Robert Kraft is trying to do. Because, again, even though the Patriots were on the right side of a lot of what happened in the past year and a half, the league won. The, the league won. There was no victory for the Patriots in Deflategate. What, what good came out of it for the Patriots? Nothing. So, and so the league just owns you. I think Kraft understands that. Kraft doesn't care about the relationship between Tom Brady and Roger Goodell. Kraft cares about his relationship with Roger Goodell. Yeah. And his organization. He doesn't care about that. that fight was between Tom Brady and Roger Goodell. And we talk about all the time how Tom Brady was kind of like, hey, what the heck? Why, why, why didn't you stick, stick up for me? But Kraft saw the bigger picture, picture here. It's between Tom Brady and Roger Goodell Robert Kraft wants to keep his money and keep his owner happy, and along with the 32 owners. Right. Because uh, it's a collective group here. It's a Congress. And that is the other part of it. You know, like we talk about how the 32 owners are the guys that really own what Roger Goodell does. Yes. Right? You know, like he, sure, the owners run the teams. Goodell technically is a figurehead for the owners. Yes. He goes out there and does the dirty work for the owners, but the owners have a lot of control, a lot of say over what happens in the league. So they have a lot of control over what actually occurs if you're the commissioner. He's not making all these decisions. He's just the guy that's out there telling the public what the decisions are that have been made by the owners. Now, if you have 30 owners that are in the good graces of Roger Goodell, you want to be a and you have that. one or two owners, and you're one of those two owners that is not in those good graces, that's not a good thing because now not only are you against Roger Goodell, the commissioner, you're against the other 30 owners. And what happened during Deflategate? We had other teams, other owners, throwing the Patriots under the, the bus. bus yep. So it's almost twofold. The Patriots need to get back in the good graces of the league somehow. It's too bad. But the Patriots are a team that always tread that line between we're doing the right stuff and we're doing the, the illegal stuff. stuff that's going to give us a little bit of an edge. We know that Belichick wants to tread that line. We, and Kraft knows it too. This is a team that's going to push the envelope. And if you want to be a team that pushes the envelope, if you want to tread that line between what's okay, what's acceptable, and what is not, you need to be in the good graces of the league because the next time there's a scandal like this, and, and I guarantee you there will be. The Patriots are always pushing the envelope. There will be another scandal. Maybe they go a little more lenient if the relationship is fixed. But if it doesn't get fixed, if you just keep having this Patriots versus the league feud... What's to stop the league from coming down hard on you again? What's to stop the other owners and Goodell for, from wanting that to happen? And, guys, there's two sides of the table. There's football, a game that happens on the field, and then there's a game that happens off the field. Yeah. And that's the owners and Roger Goodell and their money. People forget about that part. They just look at the stuff that's on TV. What about the stuff that happens behind the scenes, stuff that we don't know about? Right. It's all about business. It's all about business, it's man. It's all about and, and TV I, deals, sponsorships. That's all they care about. They don't care about the stuff that happens on the field unless you're Roger Goodell because you're the owner. You don't want <laughs> deflated footballs. They don't care about what happens off the field. Off the field. That's the problem. Uh, and I do wonder, you know, this chairman's committee, as she, she talked about it at the very beginning of the break, this was a committee that was put together to try and address the issues that were plaguing the league. What do you think they're talking about in domestic there? Domestic violence. Do you think it's domestic violence so that, they're, that they're concerned with? Deflate or do you think it's, it's keeping their players on the field when they get involved in issues that's in domestic violence? That's, 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 that's that one of the scary it. things about the league, okay, is that they don't necessarily care what happens outside, on the, off the field. They don't care about that stuff. They want the best players out there on the field. Why? Fantasy points. 
Why? They, they sell tickets. If, if your best players are out there, you're going to make more money. Right. You're going to get more money from jersey sales. You know, are they trying to prevent a guy like Josh Gordon from smoking weed? Or are they trying to prevent a guy like Josh Gordon from getting caught smoking weed and not being on the field for get, another 16 games. Caught. So ultimately are they concerned it comes with, back down to money. Right. Are they concerned with Ezekiel Elliott's case uh, that, he, that he was dropped? Uh, granted, it was dropped, but there were domestic violence uh, implications that Ezekiel Elliott had abused his girlfriend. Like, are they concerned with that, or are they concerned that he's going to be on the field? Dave. That's, that's a very important question that I have about what's going on in these meetings, because... I wouldn't put it past the NFL to be trying to find loopholes so that sure. people who are uh, domestic abusers, people who use drugs, PEDs, if they're great players, how do we make it so that you know, we can sweep this stuff under the rug and get them on the field because that's what makes us money? And Dave, the NFL is a product. You have to keep that product alive. Right. We're not keeping it dead. Keep it alive. That's what they're doing. And that, it's a scary concept, honestly, having uh, powerful people like that behind closed doors trying to address the issues that plague the league when... The issue has always been the off-the-field stuff, you know, the domestic violence, the drug use. If you want to stop that stuff, you should be trying to stop the players, but I'm a little concerned that this committee is just going to try and keep it off the news and keep their players on the field so that they can make their money. Loopholes. All right, quick break here on the Sports Blast. Once again, I want to remind all of you that uh, we're coming at you live from the mall at Rockingham Park here in Salem, New Hampshire. We're here for the 11th annual Macy's Shop for a Cause. It's a great event which benefits a bunch of charities across the nation. A lot of great events going on right here today through tomorrow. We'll take a quick break here on the Sports Blast, ESPN New Hampshire. 1250 ESPN New Hampshire, Manchester's local ESPN. The money-saving tip. Coming at you with another money-making tip. How to save money effectively. Tired of overpaying for stuff? Then head to ESPNNHradio.com and check out the ESPN New Hampshire deals page. You can save up to 50% on deals from all your favorite local businesses and restaurants. Why pay full price when gift cards and gift certificates are only a few clicks away? So start saving now by going to ESPNNHradio.com and checking out the new ESPN New Hampshire deals page. You're welcome. Today, the average funeral costs between seven dollars and $10,000. Don't rely on a fundraiser to cover your funeral and final expenses. Robert Woolsey can help. Final expense insurance is low cost, the premiums never increase, and the benefits never decrease. It's guaranteed acceptance, and there's no medical exam. Contact your trusted local agent, Robert Woolsey, in the Senior Benefits Department. Give him a call at 603-232-9226. That's 603-232-9226. Hi, I'm Johnny Erickson Tata. Sometimes people make assumptions about what someone with a disability can or cannot do. For 15-year-old Katrin, who has cerebral palsy, her disability leaves her unable to speak or move. But Katrin can see and hear. So it's a little awkward when people are standing around her and talking about her. But instead of Katrin and her family brushing others off, they attached a sign to her wheelchair that says, Hi, I'm Katrin. I hear and understand everything you say, but I cannot speak. I can answer questions using yes or no, so please ask me if I need my communication board. Thanks for talking with me. <laughs> By showing people how to communicate with her, Katrin is helping change attitudes and is building relationships. When it comes to connecting with someone who has a disability, it just takes a little communication and a little understanding. Captain Eric Lawrence was training Afghan soldiers when his truck was hit by an IED. I was on the way from Kandahar to Klot, uh, hit an IED that just took the truck and threw it up in the air and slammed it on the ground. I knew at first that I, I got hurt pretty bad because I couldn't move my legs. I sat home alone for months. I didn't want that anymore. I wanted to go back to work. I was hesitant at first, you know, because I didn't work for a good year. I want to be a productive person. I want to be a drain on society. I want to be a positive thing in society. PVA helped me write my resume, got me a job interview. I got the job. Helping veterans like Eric is what we've done for over 65 years. Paralyzed Veterans of America, paving access for veterans' employment through Operation PAVE. For more information, visit pva.org. A public service message from Paralyzed Veterans of America. Scores, standings, trades, and breaking news. This is your ESPN New Hampshire update. 
The Patriots were on the road last night for preseason game number three. They topped the Panthers 19-17. We got to see a little bit from all three quarterbacks. Jimmy Garoppolo started the game. He went 9 of 15 for 57 yards. No touchdowns and no interceptions. Tom Brady just 3 of 9 for 76 yards, but he did connect with Chris Hogan for a touchdown. Jacoby Brissett went a perfect 9 of 9 passing for 85 yards and a touchdown. Steven Goskowski missed two field goals in the victory. The defense had three picks. Next up for the Pats, they take on the Giants at MetLife Stadium on Thursday before traveling to Arizona to kick off the regular season on September 11th. Stephen Wright made his first start in just over three weeks last night against Kansas City. It did not go great. He gave up two homers and five earned runs in just the first inning. And despite a five-hit night from Mookie Betts, the Sox offense stranded 12 base runners on the way to a 6-3 loss to the Royals, their third straight defeat. With the loss, Wright falls to 13-6 on the year. Sox are now one game back of Toronto for the top spot in the AL East. They're one game up on Baltimore for the top wildcard spot. The team will try and bounce back tonight. It'll be David Price on the mound against Royals lefty Danny Duffy. First pitch from Fenway Park is at 710. You can hear the call of that game right here on ESPN New Hampshire. I'm David Pollard. Don't go anywhere. The Sports Blast continues live from Macy's inside the mall at Rockingham Park in Salem right now. Welcome back to the Sports Blast here on ESPN New Hampshire and ESPNNHradio.com. Once again, coming at you live from the mall at Rockingham Park here in Salem, New Hampshire. Um, guys, I just want to get back into the Patriots game from last night. Hmm. One thing that Mark and I were talking about on the way up here is Terrence Knighton. Yes. MIA. Yep. Where the hell has this guy been? He didn't play last night. He didn't play a lot against the Bears. He's barely played this preseason. And now we're learning that he might not even make the team. Yep. Pot roast. I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked. What we we see out of this defensive line currently getting after the quarterback and stopping the run, I mean, it looks like they don't even need pot roast. I think pot roast is sitting back and eating his pot roast. (laughs) So, I mean, he can be fat and happy and get his money, but he's going to be a cap casualty soon. You remember how happy we were when they signed him, though? Yeah. Totally. I, I mean, it just looks like he might be second or third on the depth chart. It's it's Alan Branch right now. It's Joe Villano probably over Terrence Knight, where we haven't seen him. Who knows? Terrence Knight could there's be a, could be second on the depth chart. There's also Malcolm Brown. Don't forget about him, the second-year player that they yeah, got uh, yep. out of Texas last year. I, I mean, they've kind of got a litany of DTs there. Vincent got, Valentine. Anthony Johnson is there as well. Woodrow Hamilton. I, I don't even... I don't know. Like They've, got, got, they've <laughs> got depth players ahead of him on right. the depth chart. And in terms of uh, you know the defense, it, it's just... I'm not too concerned with it anyway, you know. Am I going to be upset that Terrence Knighton isn't a part of this first-team defense? Not really. Not really. No, no, no. Yeah, I don't think any what? of us are upset. It's just a little surprising. It's just like, where did he go? Yeah. He, yeah. He's a big body, and he came from the Denver Broncos, mm-hmm. and he was pretty uh, – He came from the Redskins, I thought, right? From the Denver Broncos to the Redskins to the, Redskins. To the New England Patriots. But yeah. his right. career was made with the Denver Correct. Broncos. So a lot of people just look back on his Bronco career and say – Hey, th- we got this guy. This mm-hmm. guy's going to be good for us. He's a big body. He can fulfill that middle, kind of how Vince Wilfork was for the Patriots back in the day to fill that gap. Sure. But now they have Malcolm Brown. And Malcolm Brown, you know, the Patriots are all about, you know, playing the cheap, wa- the, the cheap money, right? And Malcolm, ba- Malcolm Brown is going into, what, second year? Yes. So, I mean, he has a lot of time to develop. Sure. And he's shown this preseason and the end of last year that he can be a, a great complementary piece in the middle to fulfill that defensive line. And so, uh, so, I mean, you got Trey Flowers, defensive end, right? Mm-hmm. Who can Flowers. play a little bit of DT if they and need him to? I'm sensitive about Anthony Johnson because the Miami Dolphins had him, and, of course, we all know what happened. <laughs> what is it with <laughs> the Patriots Miami. just racking up former Dolphins? They do Mark. that. They do that. It's just, it, it seems like every year we get, like, three to or four add guys. To the depth chart, man, I'm telling you. I, I mean, Jonas not... Gray was a former Miami Dolphin. Yep, so. yep. Wes Welker was a former Miami yep. Dolphin. You know, Chris Hogan at one point. One. So oh. It's one of the reasons the Patriots have success. They pick guys up off the scrap heap that end up coming into the Patriots organization, and they make an impact. You right. know, it's not going to be a huge impact that uh, Anthony Johnson's going to have. I don't even know the impact that Malcolm Brown's going to have necessarily. It's uh, Terrence Knighton. Add him to the list. Who knows? All I know is I have a lot of confidence in this defense. When you're talking about Rob Ninkovich, when you're talking about Alan Branch, DeBall Sheard, who hopefully is going to be healthy. Chris Long. 
Let's let's just talk about Jamie Collins for one second because he could be the defensive MVP this year. The I agree with you. The, I think Jamie Collins will win defensive player of the year. I, I mean, he's been unbelievable this preseason. And then, you know, the secondary, I still have questions about the secondary. I'm not sure if Malcolm Butler is going to be one of the top cornerbacks in the league have you this seen, year. He's been great. Don't get me wrong. I, I just have always had questions about this Patriots secondary. It's been a bend-don't-break secondary for the past, what, three seasons? Yeah. It's not like they've changed their personnel like, that much. Did you see the preseason game last they've night? They've been great. They've been great. I'm, I just have questions. I want to see it in the regular season, okay? I'm not saying, hey, this defense isn't up to par. I think they should be a top-five defense this we, year. We they should be, and if they don't, then they've underachieved. I'll take you one further very quickly, Mark. Yeah. I don't think they'll just be a top-five defense. I think they'll be a top-five passing defense. Oh, okay. I, I, I can see that. I can see it. But today's point, and we talked about this last week, Ashish, so I'm kind of curious on your side because we actually agreed. In the NFL these, year, these days, you don't need a top elite cornerback you need a good front seven right because get, get to the quarterback get to the quarterback to make the quarterback throw tough throws mm-hmm. and then the interceptions come as they please we saw it last night cam newton gets rushed right Harmon gets a pick mm. although right? Harmon's Harmon's good i've always liked oh come on i've always so liked Deron so Harmon. he's so yeah he's average when they go to a big nickel package they always put in Deron Harmon. i love that but I the, he's great. the McCordy, and Patrick Ra- Chung. And Ryan threw, uh, I mean, they, they caught interceptions from Cam Newton. Cam yeah. Newton's one of the best quarterbacks in the game. And that's, that's my point. The front seven's what matters, not the secondary. Yeah, the yeah. secondary comes second. I have questions about Cam Newton and his ability just to play against good defenses. What did we see him do in the Super Bowl last year against the best defense? Choked. Uh, you know, maybe the best defense we've seen in years well, in the NFL, A lot of people were said way, that, that maybe the, the lights were a little too bright for him. That well, could have been totally, too. yeah. Well, I wonder if he just struggles against good defenses. They don't have the greatest uh, supporting cast for Cam Newton necessarily in Carolina. I mean, Calvin Benjamin being back and healthy is going to be huge for them this year. Uh, fun- uh, what's his name? Funkness? Funches. Uh, Funches. Funches. I can't even Devin say his Funches. name right. Like, because you know that's nothing special. He's he's not a special Ted wide Ginn, receiver. Greg Olson. Ted Ginn. Greg, Greg Olson. Felt drop pa- He also did. Uh, he should have thrown a touchdown pass to that tight end Dixon last Dixon, night. He, yeah, he right Dixon. on the hands at the goal line, and he dropped the thing. But did so. you me- did you mention Kelvin Benjamin? Yeah, yes. yeah, that was the first name I mentioned. Because okay. yeah, if he's back and he's healthy, he'll be a huge weapon for Carolina this year. Absolutely. But, but we talked about last year how Cam Newton really. I guess thrived and developed because they, he had more receivers around him besides Kelvin Benjamin. Right. So now this year, that's the thing. You got to keep an eye on that storyline with Kelvin Benjamin and Cam Newton mm-hmm. because Cam Newton's going to want to spread the ball around, but Maybe. Kelvin Kelvin Benjamin's the number one receiver on that team. He's also a safety net. He's a huge target. Uh, red zone going deep down the field. I think that you're going to end up seeing Cam falling back into that comfort zone. A little bit with Calvin Calvin Benjamin because it must have been a frustrating season with all the drops that he saw out of, uh, of, of Funkness. I can't say Funches. 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 I can't say his name. We could call Funkness. Uh, if Funkness you want. is a better name. Anyway, I, you know you what? Know? If his name was Funkness, that would be the best name he's I've got, ever heard. Because he's got It'd the funk. The I'm funky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I mean, he doesn't have the greatest targets, but we're, and we're not necessarily here to talk Carolina Panthers football, no. but. What we you know, saw against, last night. That's a good offense. Yeah. It's a talented team. And I think that the Patriots wide receivers, uh, I'm sorry, the Patriots cornerbacks did well to shut down guys like Funchess and, and uh, Calvin Benjamin. So, uh, yeah, I feel good about the Patriots secondary, but I've just seen too much over the past few years where they end up, you know, it's a secondary that gives up 300 passing yards a game. They won't give up the touchdown passes. They bend, they don't break. So I just wonder if they're going to be that kind of team that's going to get uh, get the opposing offense off the field like you need them to, especially in weeks one through four, where you want to give Garoppolo good field position, even though last night with good field position, he couldn't really get down the field and punch it into the end zone. Yeah. And it turned out last night, even though they had good field position, they couldn't put field goals through because somehow Steven Goskowski missed one chip shot and another field goal, which you never see happen. Yeah. So they'll put points up on the board, but it's going to be mostly the defense needs to give them good field position, especially in weeks one through four. And from a defensive standpoint, you know, they don't have tough opponents in the first four weeks. So that kind of helps them out. And it also helps out Garoppolo to take a little pressure off of him as well because he can kind of be like a Peyton Manning of last year he can manage and the game. depend on the defense to show right. up and just manage the game. Right. I, I, look, I've said this a billion times. If Jimmy Garoppolo can go out there and just manage the game and allow the defense to keep the other team in check, then they'll be fine. Well, and right. if they have a running game that can support Garoppolo and they can go 60-40 past a run, I think that's perfect. That'll be the game plan. And, and that's really my only concern because I have seen it uh, the past 
couple seasons, the, the defenses usually bend on break. They'll give up the yards. They will. And they'll sacrifice field position. And they'll clamp down in the red zone. They won't allow a lot of teams to punch it through. But at the same time, this isn't uh, you know Tom Brady behind center weeks one through four. You need to give Jimmy Garoppolo some good field position. So I'm just hoping they're less of a bend-don't-break defense and more of a, a we're going to stop you wherever we are on the yeah. field type of defense. And I think they can be. But Dave, I just want to see it. What is wrong with a bend don't break defense? Because you don't score Field six. Position. You don't score six with a 50, 60 yard drive. You score six by getting in the end zone. So sure. essentially, if they keep you out of the end zone and they hold you to a field goal, that's, that's still good enough to win you games in today's NFL. It, it, it is, but then you don't have the field position you're hoping for on offense. I, I'm not saying they have to do it every time, every drive. I'm just saying that if, if the more they, they can give Jimmy Garoppolo good field position to start, like if, if your opponent is, is going to go three and out like Carolina did last night, you're going to get good field position like the Patriots had last night. That's going to make it a lot easier for Jimmy Garoppolo to manage the game. You can run the football more. You can do short passes more often. That's all going to help Garoppolo. And then you know what? Guskowski's not going to miss two field goals in any other game. Yeah, this that, that was just that was that's weird. not going to happen. That so was weird. they'll put points up. But you got to give Garoppolo a little bit of uh, help with field position this year. It doesn't have to be every drive. I, I, you're not going to stop a team every drive. It's just unrealistic. But the more help that Garoppolo can get. Uh, you know, the better for this team. And, and this defense is built to be a top-five defense. And the reason why I say that, I think top-five in running defense, and I think top-five in passing defense, is because their front seven is stacked. When you have your front seven stacked, you can get out to the quarterback, you can stop run, right? Right. right. The quarterback gets nervous. So what does he do? He starts handling the ball off. You right. do, all you have to do is stop that run, right? And then in regards to the passing game, you have to create turnovers. You have to hit hard. As safeties and corners... Be physical because that's what the front seven's all about. Right. So all you got to do is fulfill your role and be in right position and fight for every ball. And you know what, Mark? In terms of their secondary last night, they did a great job. They, they had did. Three, they had three interceptions, okay? There were plenty of instances where the front seven didn't get to Cam Newton, and Cam Newton had all the time in the world to find an open guy and couldn't find one. That means the coverage is solid right, right now. So I don't have... Uh, concerns for the secondary. I would just like to see it play out in the regular season because they've been a bend-don't-break defense in the past. I want to see them get Garoppolo some solid field position more often than not. We're not going to stop them on every drive. I think on paper, when you look at the fact that they've got Malcolm Butler with Logan Ryan and then Cyrus Jones uh, in the nickel position with Patrick Chung and Devin McCourty at the safety, I think that's an ideal secondary. That's one of the best secondaries in the league. They Uh, have the ability. It's great. They have the ability to be better than a Ben. Totally. Great defense. Totally. But they got to show it. I just want to see it play out. That's all. I'm not saying they're not going to be Ben Don't Break. I'm not saying they are going to be Ben Don't Break. I yeah. just want to see it play out in the regular season. And I hope that they can get Garoppolo some decent field position weeks one through four. Because it's going to make it a lot easier on him to manage the football game if he can get some good field position from his defense. All right. Wrapping up our number two here on the Sports Blast, ESPN New Hampshire. Don't go anywhere. Looking for a stylish place to call home? Then you need to check out the brand new apartment homes 